Welcome to Cross Lane Community Church, where we are committed to bringing people to Jesus. We hope you enjoy this online message. Well, if you're a visitor with us today, we want to welcome you to the Cross Lane Community Church. You have chosen a very, very, very special day to be here. And uh, it strikes me that we probably have not um, prepared our congregation for what is about to happen. Um, But that's okay. It's not like it's a... um, it's not like you, well, you do have a part in it, certainly, but it's not like you have a speaking part today, so it's okay. Um, but what we will do today is we are going to be ordaining Ryan Persh and Tracy Sutliff, who have served on staff with us for uh, several years now. And um, last week we broke ground on a new building. It was a, it was a, a high watermark day for us. It was just a really, really great day for us as a as a family and and uh we're so excited about what god is going to do with with uh, this church but um that is followed up today by what i think you're going to leave and say is boy that was i'm really glad i got to witness that and to participate uh in that we are going to set these two men apart and pray over them and and uh, honor them a little bit and talk about what a blessing it is to have them on our staff and um uh, really recognize the fact that they have been called into ministry. I wanted to talk a little bit about, uh, before we get going, why do we do this? Why, what is an ordination? And, and um, if you're familiar with Cross Lane at all, you know that we don't typically do things in an orthodox fashion. We are a little bit different, and uh, ordination is going to be no different than that around here. We, we don't um, view it maybe the way some churches do, and we don't... Um, it's going to look a little different and feel a little different. In some churches and in some faith denominations, um, when you hear the word ordination, it's usually tied to someone's achievement academically. They've, they've done all the book work and they've done this, that, and the other, and now we're going to uh, ordain them. Um, I happen to be a person who believes that ministry is not nearly about as, as much about um, what you've been taught in a classroom as what God has taught you in life and the experience that you have had in ministry and the, experience, and the, the, the condition of your heart, not necessarily the condition of your mind because after a while when you do ministry, you lose your mind anyway, but, but um, it's more about what's the condition of your heart as you uh, really go at this with your whole life. And so um, the, the image that I would put in your mind this morning is not one of somebody who has gained all this knowledge and all this information through seminary or Bible college or something like that, although that's great and wonderful, and, and I did that. Um, there's more than one way to prepare yourself for ministry, and I believe that it's not nearly as much about uh, man preparing us for ministry as it is God preparing us for ministry. And uh, certainly, we believe that the two uh, men that we will ordain today, uh, God has prepared them, called them, uh, equipped them specifically for ministry. So we're going to spend a little time doing that this morning. I want to call to mind the, the image of a marriage. Um, when two people, we just were at a wedding last night, a beautiful wedding between two people that many people in this church know and love dearly. And, and um, as you watch them say their vows and go through the marriage ceremony um it's really you know do they know everything that's involved in being married can they is there any possible way i mean think back to your wedding day was there any possible way you could have anticipated and known what is required of you when you say i do i venture to say there's nobody in the room that would say yep i had that fully down i knew everything that was going to happen how it was going to go down no it's a it's that you wake up every day and it's like oh really this is what it is to be married and, and you find out at the end of the day yeah that's what it is to be married and so um in a lot of ways that's what ministry is you you see it from the outside or you um you watch someone else who's involved in that and you think oh i think i know what that's about um not until you're in it really sometimes can you really appreciate everything that goes into um setting your whole life aside in in such a way as to as to be called into full-time ministry i want to 
uh, just talk about three particular areas that, that this is important. It's important for the church uh, that, that we ordain men. It's important that you see it. Um, we aren't just a gathering of people. We're not just a, a social gathering. We are a household of God in a place of grace. God is present here today. And his hand rests firmly on these two men that we are going to ordain. And uh, they're going to receive special authority today. And it's really a, a sacred, special time for our church. It's a sacred, special time for the church. And certainly for these two men. It's, it's a, I want to call to your mind just ministry. Let's just consider ministry for a moment. Ephesians 4 tells us that God gifted us. He gave us gifts. And one of the gifts that it talks about in Ephesians is the gift of pastor-teacher. Um, not everyone gets all the gifts. Uh, we all have different. If you're in here this morning, you've got, God's given you some gift. He's, there's something that he has especially equipped you and given you to do, and he means for you to use that in ministry in some way. The two uh, men that will be uh, ordained today, Tracy and Ryan, um, we believe have received the gift of pastor-teacher. It's a very special um, gift. It's a, it's a high calling. And, and um, with the consideration of the elders, you know, over the course of years now, they have now come to the place where they said, let's, let's ordain them because of this gift that they have. And so that's what we will do today. And then it's important to me as a pastor and to Kyle as a pastor. And we have um, on occasion, I don't know if there's going to be anybody in the room this morning, but we have on occasion... Uh, pastors or former pastors in the audience with us sometimes and um, it's important for them to see people set aside ordained to remember this high calling to recognize what a special honor it is to to do this work it's it's a it's a unique work it's uh, if you've not uh, ever experienced it I, I couldn't even begin to explain to you what it's like to to have a position like this um you start trying to figure out when am I on the clock and when am I not on the clock and I don't really those lines have not ever been established in my life there's no um, I don't clock out I don't clock in it's it's uh, this is a, my life is this this work of being a pastor and if you know me well you know that I love it and and the men that serve on this staff love it because uh, you you wouldn't do this if you didn't you just wouldn't um, these two have very clearly demonstrated a call of God on their lives and have responded by giving themselves to full-time ministry. Today, we officially set them apart for this important work and ask God's richest blessing for them. We've got a video we want you to see to kind of set the tone this morning. At this time, please pause the sermon and go to the videos page under the website clcchurch.com and view the video, A Tribute to Ryan Persh and Tracy Sutliff. After the video, return to this page to complete the sermon. You don't need an education to do that. You need a heart. You need a willingness to say, God, I don't care what it takes. don't care what it costs don't care how bad it hurts I want to bring people to Jesus and I want to do it with my whole life not everybody can do it that's okay not everybody's supposed to not like this I mean, everybody's called to bring people to Jesus. But this is a special thing. I have referred to my life and my work <clears throat> as a war. And I very much feel like a warrior. In fact, when I went on my Emmaus walk... <clears throat> And at the end, when they invited me to speak about my experience, I basically said, I feel, I feel like every day of my life I'm a warrior. 
and I get up and I go to work and I go to war and I sustain injuries and I get hurt and I'm wounded in battle and I feel like over this last four days when I was at Emmaus I feel like I've been drawn away and I've had my wounds bound up and I've been prayed over and I've been given peace for a few days but tomorrow I will wake up and I will go back to war that's pretty much what it is for all of us whether or not you're in ministry or not but if you're not a warrior you have absolutely no business in ministry none if you're not a warrior you have absolutely no business taking the rest of your life and giving it to God in this way I had a good friend of mine describe for our staff not too long ago they said we have the right people in the right seats on the bus that is absolutely true um, I think that where our staff serves, they are, their gifts are used perfectly by God to do the things that we need and God wants to be done. And I, it is without hesitation that I commend to you this morning, warriors, Tracy and Ryan. I'm going to ask them to come up and have a seat next to me. I just can't even. Put into words. How solid they are. And how they steady. Things around here. I couldn't. I could talk all day and not get it done. I've also asked. uh, Donna Bruner. And Lindsay Hoff to be here. Especially today. Donna has experienced. Tracy's ministry firsthand. She's been on mission trips. She's served with him at different times. And so she's seen Tracy at work. And I wanted a a real life perspective. So, Don, I'm going to invite you up. And then Lindsay Hoff, that you see sing once in a while and you you see around doing different things. She's a servant in our church. Uh, She has experienced Ryan's youth ministry. and, And even since she's graduated from high school, has experienced Ryan's ministry, period, just in a unique way. So I've invited uh, Lindsay to come. I'm going to ask her to come up. And and Lindsay is going to just give a brief testimony about her experience with Ryan first. Okay, again, my name is Lindsay. And I have known Ryan for a long time (laughs) when he first started um, being a sponsor with our youth group. But I think I was in seventh grade when you first started to become the youth pastor. And one of my earliest memories would probably be my first year of Big Stuff. Big Stuff is a youth camp that we go to in Panama City Beach, Florida. And I didn't know what to expect. I was the youngest one (laughs) there. But um, full packed van. And I thought, this man is insane. Absolutely insane for taking a full packed van of kids screaming and going wild, but I didn't really realize the impact um, that he really had, I mean, to even do that, to take over 15 kids um, to Florida, (laughs) and I don't think I really realized um, how much he was doing. That's a lot of responsibility to, um, especially our parents, just letting us go, and um, He really had to take care of us, and I thank you for taking us to those trips. I learned so much, and again, going to youth group every Sunday night, um, always learned a lot, and Ryan was always there for us, always had a crazy game or something to do, so we had to be really creative, (laughs) and outside of work on Sundays, we also did rock group, and I learned a lot from rock group, um, inviting us into his home, and um, just sharing the word of God and our thoughts together was really great. Um, but I can just see how much he's really impacted me now. Um, I can, as I've gone into college and just seen my spirituality and seen how much I've grown in Christ, Ryan's part of it. And I believe that God uses Ryan to shine a light, especially in the students' lives. And I mean, I would recommend any of your kids to be taught by this man. 
and it's it's amazing. So, thank you, Ryan. Thank you. Done. Good morning. Um, I first met Tracy, uh, or really got to know him about a little over four years ago when um, he was not a staff member. When did you join the staff? Okay, so this he hadn't quite joined the staff yet, and he was my small group leader. And I, when I first, it was my first small group, and I thought, wow, this guy's really special. And when Trace or when um, Brett asked me to think of, you know, to speak this morning, the first thing I thought of, the first word that came to my mind was sacrifice. Tracy makes an incredible sacrifice for not only this church but for for those of us individuals that have needed him um, he's a, a great teacher he's incredibly hardworking, very disciplined and always on time and if you're with him you must also be on time <laughs> but um, he has led my small group uh, this is the second small group that I'm in that he's led. Um, I've been on a mission trip with him to Honduras and um, traveled with him to Catalyst. And um, I've just seen an incredible, he has an incredible heart. He truly has a calling to God. Um, I watched as he began to feel that pull five years ago and then as he transitioned to becoming someone on the staff and having to consider giving up his full-time secular job um, and that all just worked out and um, it, when he goes on these mission trips the time with his family that he sacrifices is amazing um, and when I look at Tracy I see God but more importantly, he has helped me see God. And I just, I think this is a wonderful thing. I saw it coming five years ago when I first met him. It's just something that you can't explain, but you know it's there, it's in him. And um, I think this is a great day. I think he, he, is, he has put so much aside for, uh, for us and for God and he will be a wonderful addition to God's work. I'm going to dismiss the ladies so they don't have to stay up here the rest of the time. It, the lights get hot up here. Um, what I want to do next is I want to invite Ryan and Tracy to just give testimony about how they've gotten to this point and how they, you know, just a journey. Uh, Ryan, I'll let you go first. Well, I think it's okay for warriors to cry a good thing you're getting it tomorrow dude <laughs> okay pull it together <clears throat> all right <clears throat> call to ministry so I'm going to skip a, a lot of it to make this brief but um we're broken people right um, in my early 20s we find the church uh, broken people realize there's nothing that I can do on my own to fix it but give my life to Jesus and let him let him make me whole so that's that's where we started um, Lori and I were young newly married we we, we find cross lane um, I was stubborn still I am stubborn uh, had a lot of questions didn't didn't have God figured out and thought I knew it all and um needed this place to help me realize you know Ryan you are a broken person and you do need Jesus and uh, through having conversations with um, 
uh, Tracy's Bible study group. They invited us to come and be a part of that that group really early on uh, to um, having conversations a couple different times with the with Pastor Bill at the time and, and peppering him with questions. What's this all about? What's this mean? Who is God? Um, okay, I, I believe. I want to give my life to Jesus. So now we're like, okay, we're Christians. Lori was already a Christian, um, but, you know, rededicated her life at that point. I gave my life to Jesus. Uh, now what? We got to serve, but where do we serve? So we, um, we start plugging into ministries around Cross Lane and bounced around until we hit junior high and senior high ministry, the Under Rowers group, and absolutely fell in love with it, fell in love with the ministry, fell in love with the kids, um, and uh, over the years of, of volunteering, I had people come up and say, Ryan, you'd make a good youth pastor, and the first time you hear it, you, you blow it off, no big deal. The second time you hear it from a different person in a different situation has no connection to the other person. You're like, hmm, what's that about? Then you have a, past, a conversation with the pastor in the back of a truck, inhaling fumes, coming down a mountain in northern Thailand. I said, Brett, you know, I, I was a, when I graduated high school, I had no idea what I wanted to do. I was a kid up until 16, I wanted to play second base for the Chicago Cubs. And I realized at 16, that's not, that, that's a dream. That's not going to be possible. So I had nothing after that. Graduated high school and just entered the workforce, um, still not knowing, landed a, uh, uh, you know, a couple of good jobs, worked hard, made a good living for my family. Um, but in the back of that truck on the way down the mountain in Thailand, I, I, I had a conversation with Brett, and I just said, if, if I had my life to do over again, I know what I would I know what I would go to college for, and I'd, I would go to Bible college to be a youth pastor. And so we get back to the states, and Brett had asked me to be in uh, in training to be an elder at this church to see if that's where God w- could use me in that way. And um, part of that is sit uh, in elders meetings for six months and just experience what it's like to be an elder, pray for the church, work hard for the church, figure out if that's truly where God's leading us. And and my friend and and uh, former youth pastor Jim, I'm seeing him come into these meetings and, and struggling with his questioning passion for ministry and his marriage is struggling and he just says, ah, I, think I, need to, I think I need to be done with youth ministry at this church for now. And I walked out of that meeting, God's tugging on my heart. And I, I go home and tell Lori, I think God's telling me to at least put my name in the hat say, God, I'm, I'm willing for you to use me in that way. I don't know if it's possible. I have a conversation with Brett and say, God, uh, Brett, I think God's telling me to, to just to let you know I want to be the youth pastor. don't know if, it, if it'll work, but I think it floored him. Um, it floored a lot of people uh, hearing that come out. But So from my early 20s, finding this church, and, and plugging in and serving, it was just a strong pull to ministry. I, I, I can look back over my life and see so clearly God's hand on my life and, and this pull, um, constant pull into ministry for just from conversations that people would tell me, you need to be a youth pastor to, you know, just going to Brett and the elders and saying, you know, here I am. So it worked out. Uh, I love it. I love my job. I'm humbled and privileged every day that I get to do this. Um, one of us, well, Brett and I, it, it, the moment will hit us and one of us will break out in a song. But the most amazing thing is I get paid for doing this. You know, it's, uh, it, it's, it's a moment that hits us. We're just like unbelievable that God would use us in this way. We love to do it and that we get paid to do it is just a, a humbling, awesome thing. So, w- one quick story too, along those lines, is we were at a, a conference called Christ in Youth Believe, which is a conference for junior high kids in Anderson, Indiana. Uh, take a van load of kids up for the weekend to this conference, and this um, junior high girl was invited. She wasn't a normal part of our youth group, invited by a friend to come, and 
um, the, we were at a, an intermission in the evening and we're sitting in this auditorium with 2,000 other kids and it hits her. She looks up at me and she says, Ryan, are you, are you uh, working tonight? I said, yeah, this is my job. And she thought about it for, you could see the wheel spin and she's like, and you get paid to be here? I'm like, yeah, I get paid to be here. That's pretty cool, isn't it? And she was like, well, kind of. You know, it was uh, a neat moment for me to see that click in her, in her mind that um, I get to do that. So humbled, privileged, love my job, love you people. Um, I love all the kids and a chance to affect change in their lives that God would use me in that way is just a humbling, humbling thing. So I'll turn it over to Tracy, Tracy before I start balling again. Good morning. Um, a lot of the same uh, similarities to Ryan, and uh, definitely the, the comment that he made, God has always been working. It, it's interesting, though, when you look back on things, and I think we do this even in our normal things, that we don't realize what's going on at the time until later we look back and see what was happening. And, and for me, even all the way back to being a kid and God working on me and doing that through an uncle, an uncle that knew the importance of being in church and, and would pick myself and my brother up every Sunday and take us to church with him. And that's where I got a foundation. Um, and, and just so looking back on that, I mean, as a kid, you know, God working through my uncle to say, you know, he needs to be in church and he needs an avenue to get there. And so um, I can see that all the way back to um, going to church as a kid, um, accepting Christ as a kid, um, but then as, I mean, we hear a lot, you know, you become 16, you can drive yourself, and you kind of the car goes a different route, and the car doesn't make it to church on Sundays. And, and so I went through that, and, and up through college, um, I wasn't attending church on a regular basis, but then, you know, I made immature mistakes, and um, I, I knew I needed to be back in church, and again, God's put someone in my life to get me there. And someone invited me to come to, at the time, Church of the Living Christ, which is this spot right here. And um, it was it was like, you know how when you've been on vacation for a while or, or you've been away to college and you come home and it's just so nice to be home? That's what it felt like the first Sunday I was here. And that was, you know, 17, 18 years ago. And I've been here ever since. It's just, it was home. and I, And it just felt so good to be back. And so things are going great now. I'm back in church. I feel good about that. My relationship with Christ is, is strengthening every day. I meet my wife here. We start a family. I mean, it's just things couldn't be better. I have a great job. My wife has a great job. We have a perfect house and a perfect family, and things are going great. Well, then I start feeling the tug, and I start feeling that I'm not where I'm supposed to be. But I don't know what that means, and I don't know where I'm supposed to be. Um, so I get more involved here, and I start working with Brett and the youth, and I, I start leading mission trips, and I, and I start plugging myself in. And that kind of meets that, that need at the time. Um, and, and so I go through several years of that. But then I start feeling another tug, and I feel like I'm not where I'm supposed to be, and I don't know what that means, and, and I'm really struggling with that because um, if you do know me, I, I want to know where I'm at. I want to know where I'm going. It's got to be detailed, and, and I, I just need that, and, and so I was really struggling with that because I didn't know where that was, and, and, and that bothered me, um, and, and it really scared me to a degree because, again, I, I'm, I'm feeling that there is a call to ministry what does that look like? I know ministry doesn't really pay a lot, and i am got a lifestyle because we live, you know, within our income. That's how we do in the United States. So we've got this lifestyle that we've developed, and I really feel responsible to my family to uphold that lifestyle. So now I start feeling guilt. I'm like, okay, if God's calling me away from what I'm doing now, and I'm going to be making less money, and I'm going to ask my family to make sacrifices— that's not right for them to have to change their life because of me, of what I want. But then I start realizing it's not what I want, it's what God wants. And, and Julie and I talk about that several times, and, and over and over she communicated to me to where I truly believed it finally, 
she didn't care where we lived, how we lived, as long as we were doing what God wanted. And that just, that's such a good feeling when you have that support. Um, and I couldn't ask for more support at home. Um, you know, I, I am gone a lot through different things that I do, and, and Julie supports that 100%. And, and if she didn't, my life would be miserable. Um, and so it's just so nice to have that at home. And so she's always supported that. So here I am. I've got the support. I've pretty much told God yes, but God hasn't told me what. But it's, it's neat that, that that probably is about a year and a half that I had said yes but didn't know what, that my whole dementor changed. My attitude at work changed. I just I, I went along knowing I was doing a good job. If things, you know, because I was in a fairly stressful job, and, and at that time the stress didn't bother anymore. It's like I'm doing what I should be doing, and I'm doing a good job at it, and, you know, I just this is the day that will pass, and tomorrow's a new day. So one day Brett and I went to lunch, and all along when Brett and I worked in Youth Pastor, we always kind of joked that, you know, it'd be great if I worked at church too because we could, you know, do a lot of things. You know, Brett has some qualifications that I don't have, and I have some qualifications that Brett doesn't have, and, and we made a good team, and we knew that. I, you know, I can tell you about trips where we're halfway to, you know, three hours into our trip, and Brett's like, do you have the tickets? I'm like, yes, I have the tickets. <laughs> you know, just things like that that we, we made a good team. And we always joked, you know, oh, it'd be so great if we worked together. But in the back of my mind, we were never going to work together. I mean, I had this great job in this life, and I wasn't in ministry. So we go to lunch, and, and Brett starts asking me, and we start talking about this new position they want to hire at church. And we, he wants me to help him write the qualifications for this job. We're basically writing a job description. And we're about half an hour into this, and, and he basically says, really what we need is you. We need a person like you in this job. And so I'm like, well, what about me? And Brett was like, what do you mean, what about you? I said, I think I might be interested. And again, we had never had that discussion. I had never told him where I have been. And so it caught him off guard, and, and he's like, well, that's something you would consider? And I'm like, I think I would. Um, so we talked more. The, there were several meetings that happened, but it came down to that was where God opened a door for me, and that was the what to my yes a year and a half ago, and I had no idea. I was, I mean, I had searched online looking for opportunities, trying to figure out where God was leading me. Nothing was there, and, you know, again, I was okay with that, but yet I'm, I'm wondering, what God do you have for me? And, and it was just cool that that day when we, I left that meeting, I'm like, there's the door that God was waiting to open. And it was just such a neat feeling to know that God was laying that out when I was a kid. I mean, it started like that. Um, Ryan already said it, but I was going to make a comment about it too, that to me there's two kinds of jobs. One, there's a job that you do and you expect your employer to pay you because you're doing a good job and you want that paycheck. And then there's another job where you do a job because you love it, and then at the end of the week they give you a paycheck and you're like, oh, yeah, I get paid to do this. And I can't tell you the first time I got a paycheck, and I'm like, this is great. I'm getting paid to do this, and I would do this for free. I mean, it's, it's, it's like so nice. Now, again, I've got a family support, so don't take away my pay. But, <laughs> but it's just it's a neat feeling to know that, that you don't feel like you're earning a paycheck by your deeds. It's, I mean, it's, just, it's a neat feeling to have. And... Um, I tell you, the, the, the thing that's really um, been encouragement is, is you. The, the support I've received, the, um, the relationships that I've built. You know, the, the four of us, we get to see and hear a lot of things that you don't necessarily hear because we're here every day. And, and I could tell you a story about a lot of people in this room that have really shown me God through their lives. Um, and it's just so neat to get to know people on mission trips and um, through different ministries that, that I'm involved in. Um, and, and you really make this place the, the, the place that it is. And, and Brett's told us this because for really all three of us, this is the only ministry we've worked in. And, and Brett is always telling us, this is not a normal ministry. This is not a normal place, you know. And, and it's hard for us to understand that. I mean, I think every church would be like this to work for. And, and Brett tells us that is not the case. And so it's just such a neat thing to not only 
work in ministry with people that you love, with the church that you've grown up in, but to be able to serve in a place that you just love and, and the people that you love. So for that, I'm just, I, I just, I'm very I'm gracious for that. I just, I put down here, you know, all along God had a plan. And when I could say yes, he presented the opportunity. And I don't know how many times Brett said, you know, we have to say yes before he says what. Um, today, I'm still saying yes. Um, yes to serving a loving God. I don't know where he's going to take me in the future. I don't know what he's going to have me do. But all I know is that my answer is yes. I, I tell you guys all the time, God always gives you the what before he gives you the how. Two examples of that. You say yes to what, even when you don't know how. Once God knows that you're willing to write a blank check with your faith, he'll figure that out for you, always. Um, just a couple of remarks before I call the elders up to pray over these guys uh, to set them apart. I used to, uh, when I was in Bible college, my senior year I had a class, or I actually, actually took it as a junior, I had a senior homiletics class, which is nothing more than a, a preaching class. It's a senior preaching class. And I remember we had to walk up the hill at Johnson Bible College into the old um, main building, and he, would, he was on the top floor. Uh, my professor was on the top floor, Dr. Stan McDaniel. And Dr. McDaniel would hold, he would literally stick his head out the window with letters in his hand. And as, as us guys would walk up the hill, getting ready to walk up the steps into that classroom, he would shake those letters at us. And he would say, life's a bummer. Be a plumber. If you can do anything else besides ministry, do it. I plead with you. I beg you, please do not go into ministry. Please do not go into ministry. We thought he was crazy. We would get up there and get seated in our seats. He would say the opening prayer to class, and then he would shake the letters at us, and he would read letters from people in the field who had gone into ministry and were leaving ministry because they couldn't take it anymore, because it had chewed them up and spit them out, because it had been hard, because they hadn't expected what they got, and because, quite honestly, some of them hadn't been called to it. And he would read those letters to us, and he would beg us with tears in his eyes. He would say, guys, I'm not kidding you. If you can do anything else with your life, do it. Do not go into ministry. Please do not go into ministry. He begged us every single day. I'll never forget that. This is not easy. I think it looks easy from the outside sometimes. You hear the joke, you know, you only work one day a week. Because that's what it looks like. That's the day you're here, so it looks like we work one day a week. I used to really get mad when I was a youth pastor and I would go to um, church camp. And I came back from church camp having spent myself a thousand times over in church camp and in the following elders meeting, not at this church, like I said, this place is wonderful and Tracy's right, not every place is like this. At another church I served, an elder had the audacity to ask me how my vacation was. I wanted to punch him right in the mouth. No matter how tired, no matter how hurt, no matter how disappointed, no matter how scared, this life is a life for others. No matter how scared you get, no matter whether you know everything that's going to happen or not, people look to you. When they're afraid, they look to you. When they mourn, they look to you. When it's hard, they look to you. When they don't have the answers, they look to you. And you know what? I don't always have the answer. Sometimes I'm standing right there next to you going, man, I do. I don't know. I don't know. All I know is let's go to God. All I know is let's worship. I want to read to you something real brief, and I'm not going to take long to do this. Paul writes about his experience in ministry. I want to just read through that a little bit, make a comment along the way, then I'm going to call the guys up, and we're going to pray over these guys. Second um, Corinthians chapter 11, beginning at about verse 21, Paul writes, and he's, he's basically trying to make his case for why he should be listened to. And even as he says that, he's like, you know, this is crazy talk that I'm doing. I shouldn't have to do this, but he is. And I just want you to hear some of this. What anyone else dares to boast about, I am speaking as a fool, I also dare to boast about. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they Abraham's descendants? So am I. Are they servants of Christ? I'm out of my mind to talk like this. I am more. I've worked much harder, been in prison more frequently. We'd really like it if you guys would stay out of prison. That'd be great for the, for the image of the church. That'd be wonderful. I've been flogged more severely. 
and been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews the forty lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. There will be days that you feel like you've been beaten with rods and stoned. You just do. There's just certain days you go home and you have just given all you've got and you just feel wrung out. Three times I was shipwrecked. I hear that word shipwrecked and I think in my own mind how many times I hear something, I learn something, someone's passed away, someone's gotten bad news, uh, marriage trouble, any number of things that go on and, and you're just in your spirit, in your heart, you're wrecked. You're just wrecked. When you do what we do and you love people the way we love people and you love God and you love the church and you pour yourself time and time, day after day into it, there are just days that you go to bed at night, you are wrecked for the people that you love. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I have been constantly on the move. I have been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my own countrymen, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false brothers. And I hear Steve Irwin, the crocodile hunter, danger, danger, danger. I heard Irwin McManus one time talking about saying bedtime prayers with his son. And his son said, Daddy, I'm afraid. And Erwin said, well, that's okay. And the son said, Daddy, would you pray that I'll be safe? And Erwin said, no, I will not pray that you'll be safe. But I will pray that God will make you dangerous. And that's the prayer. That all the danger that we face, and not just as a staff, but as Christians and as a church in this, in this world, but certainly pastors, there is danger associated with this. You're, you're, you never know sometimes what you're walking into. And one of the prayers we want to pray this morning over these guys is, God, don't make them safe. Make them dangerous. doesn't matter what kind of danger they're in. Make them dangerous. I have labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I cannot tell you how true that is. I can't tell you how many times I've laid awake thinking about something, praying about something. I have known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. The good news is this church has perfected the carrying dinner and snacks and, and food, and we don't have to worry about that around here, boys. We're in good shape. I have been cold and naked. Ryan, we'd really like you to come to work with clothes on. That's a great thing. Besides everything else, I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches. This is not what nobody tells you when you get ready to do this. No one tells you that you will become so infected with a love for the church and with a love for God's people that it keeps you awake at night. No one tells you that you will work tireless days, you'll go to bed at the end of the night, your legs will ache, and you'll be thankful for it. Nobody tells you that, that you would give your life for the church. Nobody tells you that until you get into this, and then it's like, wow, I, I would. Who is weak? And I do not feel weak. Who is led into sin? And I do not inwardly burn. We are sinful, fallen, broken people called to ministry. In the end, we are in need of grace, saved by Jesus, called to use what we have been given by God to serve other people. Today, we set apart these two guys for special service. We're going to pray over them, seek God's protection for them and provision for a life of ministry. I'm going to call the elders up to the front here. We're going to, we have uh, Matt as one of our elders. He's in a wheelchair, so we're going to do this right down here. Guys, if you would just make your way down to the... Oh, that's right. I forgot you, didn't I? It's okay. I need Kyle to take care of me. Yes. One of the things, ordaining services, you, you have a charge. So, yeah, that'd be a good thing. Uh, I'm charging you guys. Um, you know, I, I certainly remember uh, all the talks with Ryan in uh, Brett's office as he'd show up in his Aramark uniform and we would sit and dream. I remember going to La Isla when Brett finally told Tracy to meet us there for lunch and say, you know, Tracy, it's time. You know, you, you need to come work with us. And uh, it's just been such a joy and honor. I mean, those words are used a lot, but um, enough stories have been shared. But uh, again, to work uh, day in, 
um, day out behind the scenes with these guys I, I really know who they are and I really see them and their heart bleeds really to bring people to Jesus they come up with ideas Hotians for Haitians to Ryan's always trying to think what can I do more for ki kids that's what these meetings are about I, I see it firsthand um, it really is so cool to not only call these people uh, my co-workers but uh, brothers uh, I really believe they're brothers uh, in, in, in First Peter, Peter writes this. He says, live as servants of God, show proper respect to everyone, love the brotherhood of believers, and fear God, honor the king. And so my charge to you would just be that exactly. Live as servants, which I believe you both are completely servants. Just continue serving God. Show proper respect to everyone. That means be humble. That means be a sponge. Always learn. Always know you can learn something. I charge you to do that. Um, it says, love the brotherhood of believers, the local church. You guys believe so much in the local church. We've heard it said so many conferences, and we really believe it. This is the hope of the world, the local church. Love the local church. And then he says, uh, fear God. Just know that God is almighty, and you start each day with saying, who am I? I am not God. You are God. Fear God. And then simply honor the king. That's what it really boils down to, with how you love your wife, train your kids, to the ministries we do. Just honor the king in everything you do. I wish you a great, long ministry life. And selfishly, I hope it's here with me <laughs> or that I get to be a part of it but uh, you guys were destined for this it's clear to see and uh, I'm so excited that the elders are getting to pray for you and ordaining you and setting you apart for this honor the king ask the elders to gather around uh, the guys individually. They're going to do them individually. I need you on your knees there, Ryan. They're going to lay hands on Ryan and set him apart. Let's pray together. Lord, <clears throat> it's been such a privilege to watch Ryan from day one grow and become a person that is uh, loves you loves uh, lost children is all about uh, bringing people or children or young people along to uh, continue to uh, deliver your word and in generations to come it, it it's been so such a wonderful experience watching him and his lovely wife Lori uh, grow and uh, want to be part of your ministry and and sacrifice so much to be part of that we uh, we are blessed here at this church thank you Lord Heavenly Father, we just uh, give thanks for Ryan and uh, Father, personally, um, the friendship that I have with him is something really special, Father, and I am uh, privileged uh, to be able to know him as well as I do, and uh, I just give thanks for it, and I know that uh so many of you have the opportunity to uh, be able to say that same thing and uh, Father and his ministry uh, I again have the privilege to, to work hand in hand with him as a youth sponsor and to uh, see him where he's came from um, in the beginnings and to how he's grown and what he's doing now is just uh, a sight to see Father and I know you are continually working in his life and I pray for uh, daily focus Father um, when he wakes up that he puts his focus on you first and foremost above all things that he is continually uh, growing to know you better 
um, and in turn making him uh, a better youth pastor father and I just uh, I pray that you uh, continue to to work in his life uh, that as joyous of a day that this is and as we celebrate it we know that uh, Satan in turn uh, hates this and father we just uh, ask for protection over Ryan as uh, Satan tries to throw obstacles and challenges in his way that you would give him strength you would give him boldness you would give him courage uh, to fight all those obstacles that uh, get laid before him so father uh, again we just lift him up to you guide and direct him in all that he does in your blessed name lord as we as we pray over ryan uh, i would like to lift his family up you know and they're they're a great and strong support system for ryan and and it's truly a blessing that you've given him such a such a supportive family and especially lori and and their children and as Ryan and his family develop their spiritual walk with you, just ask that, that you give them wisdom and, and guidance in all that they do and, and continue to allow Ryan to be such a servant for you. In Christ's name I pray. Lord, we don't know what lies in the future for Ryan, but uh, we place all of that in your hands. Father, we ask that in the bad times when Ryan has poured himself out and needs to be refilled, that you would refill him with your spirit. Father, we pray that uh, when he's tired at the end of the day and, and lays his head down, that he knows that he has uh, given his all for you. Father, in the good times, we pray that uh, Ryan would always be humble. They'd remember that he needs your guidance. We pray, Father, that you would speak clearly to him and Help him to know your will. Especially in this ministry, Father, we do pray for his, his creativity, for new ways to reach out to kids in this community. And we, we pray that uh, he would be strong in that area. They'd help him uh, to see every day new. And uh, that, that many kids would be brought here as they grow into adults, that they would impact their own families and all those around them, that this community would grow. Father, for, um, for all these things, we, uh, we just ask you to, to be with Ryan, to bless his family, his ministry, and all that he is a part of. We love you, Lord, and uh, we place him uh, in your care, and we ask that you would bless him now as he uh, starts his official ministry. We love you, Lord. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Tracy, would you come? Lord, once again, I thank you for allowing me to watch the journey of Tracy from the beginning, uh, from the uh, romance with Julie on the softball field to uh, the growth that he has had uh, to uh, bring the talent that he has, the uh the ability to organize, the ability to administrate, to uh, uh, the sacrifices that he and Julia have made to uh, be part of this. Uh, uh, they, uh, the uh, building that you've had in his heart for lost people uh, to, re to, reach, to reach out into the community to reach out into the world uh, has uh, been a pleasure for me to be able to be part of, to be able to witness. Uh, Lord, uh, thank you for that. Heavenly Father, I, uh, again, uh, with with Tracy, like Ryan, um, I, I am privileged and I am a better person for knowing 
this man. And uh, Father, you call us uh, to to surround ourselves that uh, with people that stimulate and challenge us. And Tracy is is that person, um, and not only my life, but in so many others. And uh, Father, uh, his ministry. Uh, it's hard to define his ministry. He he is uh, involved in so many things and does so much, and it is such a blessing uh, to this church um, and to your people uh, to to see the things that he does. And um, it, it's just awesome sight to watch him work. And uh, Father, I uh, again pray. Um, uh, for protection over him as uh, Satan does not like to see this and he is going to put stepping stones in uh, front of Tracy and I just pray Father that your hand is upon him that you give him strength boldness, courage, wisdom and discernment Father uh, to fight off those obstacles when they uh, come his way uh, Father, uh, just lift him up to you and uh, all that he does. In your blessed, precious name we pray. Lord, it is such a privilege to know these two servants. And, and you know, as we pray over Tracy, uh, you know, his his ability to serve wouldn't be possible without a strong and, and supportive family. And, and Julie is truly one of your servants also. And I'd like to lift her up and... And just pray that uh, you give them continued health and and uh, just to, to be disciples for you and strengthen Tracy and support Tracy in every way that he needs to to win people over for you. And uh, we just pray all this in your son's name. Father, as we look toward the future of Cross Lane, uh, much of that future lies in Tracy's hands. And, and this is amazing to me for uh, he, he fills a ministry that uh, did not even exist a few years ago. But Father, in, uh, in giving his life to you and opening himself up to you, he has uh, found unique ways to use the talents that you've given him in, in organization and creativity and uh, has just helped us to reach out to uh, to the community in ways that, that I would never have thought possible. So, Father, as we um, as we continue down the, our path of, of bringing people to Christ in this community, um, my prayers are that uh, you would help Tracy to uh, to be humble, to listen to your voice. Uh, we pray for him him to be uh, always creative and uh, always coming up with new things and new ways uh, to touch people and to uh, help Cross Lane be a part of their lives. Lord, when there are uh, tough times, we pray that you'd help Tracy to always look to you to hang on and uh, in the good times to, to remain humble and to listen to you that uh, together as a community of believers here that uh, we can touch the world uh, for the kingdom uh, in ways that we, we haven't yet thought of. Lord, we love you so much, and we just pray every blessing on, on Tracy and his family. All these things we ask in your name. Amen. Symbolically, when someone gets ordained, there's usually a Bible presentation. This represents the importance of the Word of God in their life and, and uh, their responsibility to handle it with care and, and dignity and responsibility and the obligation that goes along with that. Ryan, uh, receive that with my blessing and the blessing of the church. We love you. Tracy, you also. Um, I know that you will adequately love these two after this service is over. Um, let's pray, and then Kyle is going to dismiss us. Father, we give you thanks for the blessing upon blessing upon blessing poured out on this church. Thank you for the ministry of these two and the special uh, gifts that they bring. We love them dearly. We love you. We worship you and honor you in this moment. It's in Jesus' name we pray.
Let's go ahead and clap for these guys. Show them your love, appreciation. Awesome. Well, we're, we're so glad you joined us today, and we, and we hope this is, is special for you to, to witness as well. Next week, we will finally kind of get back on schedule. Brett will begin a new series, so please make your way, way here next week, and we'll continue with a great, exciting year for us. Have a great week. We'll see you guys.